We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here without the old man, Andreas Hale. He got caught in a bunch of East Coast storms and nasty weather and stupidness. So he'll be back later on in the week. Wish him the best of traveling luck getting back here to Vegas. He went and spent some time with fam on the East Coast. So I'm holding it down by myself again today. Talking MMA, we have an incredible guest to wrap up the show later. And it's a fight, really, I'm looking forward to this weekend. We have Nico Price joining us later in the podcast, talking about fighting Robbie Lawler, who's already announced that he's retiring after this fight. So Nico gets the draw of being Robbie Lawler's last opponent in a storied career. Robbie Lawler also going into the UFC Hall of Fame this weekend for his battle with Rory McDonald on International Fight Week. The UFC 189. I believe me and Dre were there. A Conor McGregor card. Conor Mendez was the main event. And Robbie Lawler and uh, Rory McDonald stole the show in the co-main event. So all that's going on. We're going to talk to Nico Price, see if that adds pressure, how he's feeling headed into a fight against a living legend in Robbie Lawler. But before we do all that later on in the show, we have to talk about last weekend's card that went down here at the Apex and talk about UFC 290, which goes down this weekend for International Fight Week. It's usually the biggest card of the year for the UFC, right? Connor fighting excluded, maybe a John Jones fight here and there, but they usually save the best they have and stack this card. This year's a little different. This is not the casual names on UFC 290. Doesn't mean it's not going to be good. Because it's stacked with hardcore fight fan favorites and matchups. So it's going to be entertaining. It's a bunch of people who are going to stand and bang. I don't expect a lot to go to a decision. This isn't one where the judges are going to be needed all night. I think this is going to be one of their best cards of the year. Just kind of lacking that star power. Me and Dre talked about it a couple of shows ago where it's like, you know what? We, we often gauge these weekends by how's the feel in Vegas? There's no urban loitering. It's the UFC. But how's the loitering in general? What, what clubs are, are bringing people out for this? Because 4th of July is really not a big thing here in Vegas. This really 
is that midsummer kickoff for Vegas. We're like, okay, it's fight week. Usually it's popping. They bring out the best EDM DJs. Maybe one hip hop act will be really dope at Dre's. They they make sure to take care of the crowd. This year doesn't have that buzz. It, it doesn't. It, it feels like a normal summer weekend in Vegas, and maybe that ramps up. UFC has an expo later on this week. Maybe more fight fans come in. We start getting that feel. It's just one thing they've always done well for International Fight Week is make sure they showcase international fighters. This year we do have uh, Yair Rodriguez, who we'll talk about his matchup. And he's a guy where, yes, he represented Mexico. Um, you also have Brandon Moreno. So you, you have two fighters there where it's like, all right, we, we have these Mexican roots. It's not Mexican Independence Day, in which they're running a card for that this year in September. It's not Cinco de Mayo, but they're trying to capture that essence of featuring people who are international. Volk, another international guy. Pantoya, international. Whitaker, international. Du, uh, Duplessis, international. So I, I get it. Dan Hooker's on the card. That, that's what it's supposed to be, right? You're, you're celebrating all the nationalities in the UFC. But before we saw a guy like Connor headline really get that, that marquee name, Anderson Silva has been on several of them. The recently retired Amanda Nunez has been on several of these cards. So it, it's people who are international but had large fan bases behind them. Aldo would fight out here during these weeks, and the entire Brazil would come out. Silva would be out here, entire Brazil would come out. You walk through the hallways of the casino, look like Carnival. Like, it, it looked like their, their culture and understand Brazil, just everyone came out. It's a party. Irish came out. They partied. I think one year it was headlined by Kamaru. So e even then, even then it had like a flavor to it. This year, it, I don't see like a ton of Mexican flags yet. I, I don't see the love that we see in Canelo fights. The, the love that we see <laughs> sounds funny. Even when Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. would fight out here, um, let alone a guy like Oscar De La Hoya before them, we, we don't get that, that groundswell of support yet this week for International Fight Week, even though the top two of the top four competitors are Mexican-born. So it, it's one of those things where we'll see if it heats up. To, to me, when I look at like Spanish culture, and being Puerto Rican and then seeing how the Mexicans show up for all of their fighters in boxing, but especially during Canelo fights, it, it just doesn't seem yet like it's translated to MMA. Like my, my Puerto Rican family members still don't really rock with MMA. It's still heavy on the boxing. Cuban um, fighters still lean heavily towards boxing over MMA. So these weekends maybe are just important, right? Like you, you have to... Bring those eyes to it. If you build it, they will come, is what they say, right? Feel the dreams. It's one of those things where, yeah, you, you have to put prominent Mexican champions and fighters on the card, and maybe this is how you build that fan base. So between this, between the Mexican Independence Day card, which is usually Canelo's date, but it took him a while to sign that fight against Charlo, which we'll talk about on a boxing show. That's going to be nuts. Um, we talked about it a little last week. I had my rants, but the old man gets to be here. And really uh, tell me if I'm crazy or not leading into this Canelo matchup. So 
that's going to be fun on that side. But still, it's like MMA is developing this fan base. I can't wait to see Saturday night how many Mexican flags we have in the crowd. Do we have the little headbands and everything with the champions' names? Do we have that big fight feel for the Mexican community? And are we getting more Mexican fans into MMA? Because the reason me and Dre do this show is just because there's not enough minorities in general in MMA, in a space like pro wrestling, even though that's growing. In boxing, there's tons of minorities, but even then, our voices in terms of professionals are needed in that aspect, and we're growing. MMA seems to be the slowest of the bunch, so hopefully these things really ramp it up, and these weekends we get to see, like, okay, it's going to be a groundswell of support for these Mexican fighters. Before we jump into 290 and I run through some of that card, I'll actually talk about last weekend, two fights I'm going to touch on. The first one, Kevin Lee made his return to the UFC after it seemed like forever. His brother has become a viral superstar since, one of the biggest names on TikTok for reviewing restaurants here in Vegas. It's been like a complete life change. Now Kevin Lee is the less famous brother. But he had his brother in his corner. He came back. Kevin Lee has one hell of a resume. He was a top 10 guy in the welterweight division throughout most of his career. Came back and Renat finished him in 55 seconds. Yes, Octagon Rust is real. Sometimes also, maybe the game passes you by a little bit. And they gave him someone who was just an utter killer in there. This past weekend. So when you look at that, you're just like, man, he, he was definitely set up for the okie doke, but no one thought he was going to lose in 55 seconds. Kevin Lee is one of those guys where you look and you say, man, you were really good. I just, I don't know if you're still at that level right now in the UFC. He might be a guy where now it's best for him to go for like a PFL, chase that million dollar bonus, maybe a Bellator, like and not in the worst ways, but why stay here and be a gatekeeper? Maybe he just needed to knock the rust off. I don't know how you do that in 55 seconds. Maybe his next fight will be even better. I see the, the man, the myth, the legend, producer Cole, Bay Bay, outside of our window here. Uh, you guys won't hear him on this show, but trust, he will be here for the wrestling show this week. So a little tease right there. The man just showed up here at Blue Wire Studios in the Wynn Resort in Vegas. But the other fight I want to talk about, Sean Strickland main event. Last week, talked all about... I'm not the biggest Sean Strickland fan, especially of him as a person, right? I, I think him co-opting a gimmick that's not necessarily him is sad. I think it's lazy. I, I despise people like that more so than people who are just genuinely ignorant and do so. Uh, he said some very misogynistic things last week during the buildup. I personally have a lot of friends who are women in the media space, I do not like how he treats women who interview him and talking down on women in sports journalism in general. That shit is not funny to me. I will not root for Sean Strickland. Not that I root for anyone. But he came out and he handled business. Second round TKO. And it's one of those things where the style just fundamentally looks ugly a lot of the time. But when he's focused, that man's effective. And we saw him lose a snoozer to Jerry Cannonier before. You see Alex Pereira take his face off because the stance was ugly. But outside of that, the guy's kind of been on a roll. He's not a gatekeeper. He's not a guy that's, that's just going to let you roll over him. I mean, I'm looking back, 2018, he loses when he was at welterweight by knockout as well in the first round. But has a pretty good resume outside of that. Lost to Kamaru Usman. 
uh, UFC 210. He's a guy now with this victory. It's, it's going to sound crazy, but Israel Adesanya wants to fight in Australia in September at that pay-per-view card. You start looking around the divisions we'll talk about. We have a fight this weekend. That could be a possible number one contender's fight. I'm not sure anyone else is ready. Sean Strickland winning this fight in two rounds in the middleweight main event, getting an opponent out of here, getting a knockout. That's an easy contract that could be signed by the end of this weekend. I wouldn't be shocked to see Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya for the title down in Australia. And trust, Sean Strickland and talked to Dre about this um, last week. I talked to Nick about this, and it was just like, He's a guy whose wrestling is his best trait, and he refuses to wrestle anymore. Like, they fall in love with their hands, and he's fallen in love with this funky little stance, and he's going to ride it till the cows come home. And against someone as skilled as Israel Adesanya, like we saw against a guy like Alex Perra, you can't give them openings like that because they're going to pick you apart. You better wrestle. You better take him down to have any chance. And I'm just not sure he's on Izzy's level, but... Right place, right time, right card, right results can land him this title fight and the next fight. And one thing that's going to be wild is going to be the trash talk. Izzy and Pereira went back and forth during the press conference when, or excuse me, um, Izzy and Strickland went back and forth during the press conference when Strickland was fighting Pereira and that build up. So this fight is brewing a little bit. They don't like each other. They've been shit talking each other. There's a basis there. As we say, everything is pro wrestling. Can you sell a story? It's not like Izzy has any other natural challengers right now. Sean Strickland might have just lucked himself, or unlucky, whichever way you look at this, into a title fight with his performance last weekend here in the main event. Now, to flip it over to UFC 290, we have a fight on here, Robert Whitaker uh, versus Duplessis in was that the third fight on the card that is going to have some input on Izzy's next opponent as well, depending on how that goes down. But before we really get to that fight, I want to go through and just give my predictions for some of the fights on this card. Like I said, it's a card that is guaranteed to give action this weekend. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Robbie Lawler, Nico Price, t- speaking of Nico Price here in a little while, Robbie Lawler retiring. MMA is unforgiving. MMA is one of the sports where rarely, rarely do you go out as a winner. If for any reason Nate Diaz's last fight was his last fight, everything broke perfectly versus Tony Ferguson where he picked up the win, rode down to a sunset, he's fighting Jake Paul because of it. Not many people go out like that in this sport. Robbie's been through some brawls. Nico Price always brings it. This has fight of the night written all over it. They're going to stand and bang. We saw Robbie just do this with Nick Diaz not too long ago. He can still stand and bang. He's as tough as anyone in this division and in this company. But, man, it's hard to win that retirement fight because your heart's already retired. But your body has to do one more. Your body has to give 100% when your heart's already out the door. And he's tough. He's not going to quit. But once you start talking retirement, once you plan it, once you say this is the last, and it's, it's hard to get up to that level. So I'm taking Nico Price in that one. And I'm picking by stoppage. Because that's usually how you go out. And that's, that's how a warrior goes out. You go out on your shield. And I think there's very few in this sport that you can say without anyone blinking an eye that they were a warrior through and through. Robbie Lawler is one of those guys. Then main card, Bo Nickel, new opponent, Val Woodburn. Super late notice. He just got this new opponent last week. 7-0, though. 29 years old. Cool. Bo Nichols not getting out of the first round again. So what? This is two first-round stoppages I just gave you? Parlay it. Bo Nickel gets the sub first round again. And another UFC pay-per-view spotlight for Bo Nickel. UFC's taking their time with him as a middleweight. But... Sooner or later, and they do this with everyone, they're going to strap the rocket to your back, and stuff's about to get real interesting. Because middleweight, it's not a, a weak division, but the people in that top five, top ten, they've been there for a while. They've all fought each other. New blood is needed. Let's get it. Let's see what Bo Nickel has sooner or later. But I like this matchup. Guy's 4-0 in his MMA career. But he is, if not the best, one of the best prospects they have in this company, they have to build him correctly, and they're highlighting him while they're doing it. Then Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker, this is tough. I, I really like Dan Hooker when he's not taking late-notice fights, so that's, that's usually, like, my thing with him. Um, Gamrot just beat Turner, but before then, Turner looked great for 
damn, three, four years. He, he's just had great performance after great performance after great performance. And it's just, I, I think we could get back to that version of Jalen Turner. He has great measurables for that division. At fighting at 155, the man's 6'2". He looks like a spider in the cage. He is just huge. Dan Hooker is not small. This guy's a different level in terms of size and attributes. And Dan Hooker, again, talking about someone who's been in wars, a guy who's taken a lot of late-notice fights, and that's really what tripped him up, even with fighting a guy like Arnold Allen. Um, Islam was on late notice, and Islam kind of ran through him. Um, Michael Chandler stopped him in the first. It's like, damn, it's been feast or famine. Dustin Poirier went the distance. He beat Paul Felder. This guy just had beat Ally Quinta, beat James Vick. He doesn't have an easy or mediocre fight. Since 2017, Edson Barbosa knocked him out. That was one hell of a fight, though. He beat Gilbert Burns. We know what Gilbert Burns is. But he fought Gilbert Burns at lightweight. Gilbert Burns making lightweight is wild. But he fought him in 2018. Beat him, UFC 226. Knocked Gilbert Burns out. Beat Jim Miller. He has no average names on his record back to 2017. So it's just been top-level guy after top-level guy after top-level guy. Dan Hooker, I think he comes away with too much experience right now for Jalen Turner. So I'm taking Dan Hooker to win that one. I know a lot of people aren't, but I still think unless he's fighting one of those upper echelon guys, Dan Hooker is problems for everybody else. And then Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker versus Duplessis in the third fight. Robert Whitaker, this stat blew my mind. We're in 2023. He hasn't lost to someone that isn't Ezra Adesanya since 2015. 20, I stand corrected. 2014, his last loss to someone that's not Israel Adesanya was UFC 170 against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson at welterweight. Then he had one more fight at welterweight, moved up to middleweight, and looked unstoppable. Champion. All this stuff beat Uriah Hall, beat Brad Tavares, and was off and running. A champion in this division until Israel Adesanya come here. Izzy knocked him out once. Second fight was a lot closer. Oh, what's, what's Whitaker done since then? He just keeps beating the top contenders. So they never get to Izzy. Duplessis is that guy now. He's right there. Your title shot is right there. Him and Izzy have been talking shit, too. They have a background, like we just talked about Sean Strickland. Duplessis says he's really African because he's from South Africa. And Izzy's from New Zealand. He said he's not a real African. Izzy not take kindly to that due to his Nigerian heritage. They got beef. This is a fight that writes itself. Whether you have this in Australia or, I don't know, maybe flip-flop, this could be the first card, UFC card in Africa. That would be nuts to have a Nigerian or South African fighting in Africa. If you don't go for that, I don't know when you'll ever fight in Africa. But how amazing would that be? It's one of those things where it's so close. All he has to do is beat Robert Whitaker. In a three-round fight, you don't got to go five. Five, I'm taking Robert Whitaker every day. But because, just naturally, I want to see new blood. I want to see new matchups for Izzy. Man, now I can't do it. Fuck it. Robert Whitaker's going to beat him. I can't. I can't help it. And no, I don't think you go Robert Whitaker, Israel Adesanya three, 
just because it's in Australia. I think you give him Sean Strickland. Unfortunately, I think Robert Whitaker is still caught in the logjam. Kind of like Max Holloway. Just beats the shit out of everybody else, except for the champion. I don't know what to tell him. Sorry, Robert Whitaker. But I'm giving you this win this weekend. And you're going to, again, cost Izzy another brand new opponent because you're just that damn good. Co-main event, Brandon Moreno versus Pantoya. Pantoya, um, actually, Alex Pantoya has a win over Moreno. That was five years ago. Different Brandon Moreno. Pantoya's looked great since. But Moreno's fought <laughs> Davidson Figueroa, it fe- feels like, 18 million times. But in the meantime, you know, Pantoya just beat Alex Perez by submission. Before then, submitted Brian, Brandon Royval. Went the distance before that fight. Like, so, you know, if it hits the ground, it might be a whole different world for the champion, Brandon Moreno. Because it's a different set of skills than what you see in Davis and Figueroa. So, yeah, Figueroa beat Pantoya, and you'd be like, well, Brandon Moreno beat Figgy clean. No, that MMA math ain't mathing. Because Pantoya gets to this, this to the ground, Brandon Moreno might have a struggle on his hands. But Brandon's super loose on today, super happy, walking around, singing, getting everyone to join in with him. He's having a blast this fight week. And I know you shouldn't judge too much by fight week, but I have to pay attention to what my eyes see sometimes. He's so loose. He's so confident. He's having fun. I think this translates. He's used to being champion. He's used to being in five-round title fights. He's used to going to war. He doesn't feel any pressure. So I'm taking Moreno to win this fight as well. And the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky, Alexander the Great versus Yair Rodriguez. Champion, interim champion. Yair's really come into his own lately. I think this is the Yair Rodriguez everyone saw. He had the potential in being. And... It's just one of those things where even the Max Holloway fight, it was like, damn, they went five rounds. That could have went either way. Man, he looks good. And Max saw it like, you know what? Nah, you, you really gave me a push? I believe in you, man. And he said, you're going to be champion one day. Boom. Now we have an interim champion, Yari Rodriguez. And Max can't get another shot at the belt because of how anything's going. But ever since that Korean zombie win and that knockout, you go back to the BJ Penn knockout. Yair is just on a different level, and, and he's had to mature, which he has. And, and Volk, it always scares me because I think Volk is a top two pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Islam beat him, so I think Islam's above him. Some people still have Volk at number one, and that's depending on what you feel about John Jones. He's the best fighter on the planet. I don't know where you want to rank him, pound-for-pound. Pound. But Volk is that. It just always scares me when someone moves up in weight. And then you come back down. It's the Roy Jones effect. Yes, you dominated your division. Then you dare to be great. And your body gets used to that. And then you tell your body, yo, let's cut again. And it always scares me. So I think this is going to be a very close fight. I don't think Volk stops him by any means. I think this goes 25 minutes. Yair ends up bloody. Volk's going to bleed from the ear or something. I don't know, somewhere random. Yair bleeds every fight. It's like John Moxley in wrestling. And, but I think at the end of it, Volkanovski does just enough to beat Yari Rodriguez. But I'm going split decision. I think someone will see it for Yari. I think Yari is that good now at 30 where he's put it all together and he can stand and trade with Volkanovski for 25 minutes. Maybe he won't get the best of them. 
but I think he's going to make one hell of an account for himself. To the point, if Volk goes up and stays up, give me Yair and Max Holloway again for the undisputed title. If Volk says, I'm done with featherweight, I'm moving up, and it's me and Islam, and I'm going to be a full-time lightweight. And I, I see that's honestly how it's playing out. I think Volk wins this, but the fight after this for Yair Rodriguez is going to be another shot at the undisputed title. I think him and Max Holloway fight for the undisputed title. December here in Vegas. The way I'm looking at it. And Volk moves up and probably challenges Islam again in October. I think that's how it plays out. But both of these guys are going to look great this weekend. So the real winners here are us. The people who are watching me covering it as a journalist. You guys watching it as fans. Don't miss UFC 290 this weekend. Don't go anywhere though. Because as I told you, we have an amazing guest coming up. Fighting Robbie Lawler in Lawler's retirement fight. Nico Price is joining us right after this. Don't go anywhere. Be right back to wrap up the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, as promised, we are here with Nico Price. We're actually recording this on July 4th for the July holiday, and Nico's yeah. taking time out to speak with me. So this is incredible. Not in studio today for this interview, but it is cool chopping up with Nico as he heads into his fight this weekend against Robbie Lawler. And a guy who's really, I mean, Robbie probably has the best fight ever. On, oh yeah! On International Fight Week weekend, uh, just him, Roy McDonald is legendary on this weekend, and he's already come out and said this is his last fight. Like this is he's hanging up the gloves. When you know that, you know you're the last fight. Do you ever like? I know you you're going in there, you want to win, but is that a moment where you step back and be like, man, his legendary career is going to come to an end with me? Yeah, I'm excited. You know, like I take it as an honor. You know, handing of the torch. Handing of the <laughs> torch. Don't worry, buddy. I'll keep it strong around here. You know, <laughs> and, I'll bring that longer, that longer fierceness into every fight I be going to anyway. So I'll keep doing it for him, with him, whatever. How great is it to go into a fight knowing you have a dance partner like Robbie Lawler where you stand across and be like, this guy's not going to take me down. We're going in there and we're going to bang. It's you look at the card, it looks like you're in a pretty good position to get a 50K bonus. Everything comes out, uh, you know, well on your end. How great is it to have an opponent where you know, like, man, we're going to put together an amazing fight? It's a it's a blessing. It's a blessing from God, man. I'm just excited to get in there and show, like, 
that I am the future legend too, you know, like I am the next, the next known Robbie Lawler, the only Nico Price, you know, like I'm here to do it, get it done and do it all in God's name. You mentioned that you made your UFC debut in 2016. So yeah. now we're in 2023. You are a veteran. You are putting together fights against some of the best the UFC has seen over the past decade. When you look back on your own career and there's still so much more to go, but do you look at it and say, man, I've been here a while and I'm only getting better? Or do you look at it and say, man, you know what? I've been here a while. I have to check some stuff off of the bucket list now that I'm seven years in. Oh, no, I'm just excited, man. You know, I like I said, I, I don't fight for my own glory. I don't fight for none of that. I fight to represent God's name on the big stage, show everyone that there's a, a light in dark spaces because everyone thinks that it's like midnight out here in the stage. You know, and we're nothing but bad people. When you got me and Robbie who are some of the nicest people you'll probably ever meet, you don't even know we're fighters unless you saw us fight or the scars on our face, you know, and then and then I fight for my family. You know, I, I fight to get get that bread, get that money on the table so my kids can eat, so my kids can have their part, their birthday parties like my son Asher who turns eight today at Bush Gardens and they get to go watch fireworks and stuff. I wish I could have them out here, but I don't make that much money yet to fly six, seven extra people out here. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but we're working towards it, you know, trying to get that legend status. Definitely. Listen, this bonus, this fight bonus, I'm speaking it into existence. It'll go a long way towards that. Happy yeah. birthday to your son, though, because we, we talked a little bit before we started recording on the sacrifices you have to make as a fighter and to not only fight on a holiday like this, which is a lot of times the holiday, one of the holidays you're spending with family and family really oh, yeah. gets together and they cook out and everything. But then it's your son's birthday and the family's going, did you some Bush Gardens? In Florida, like that, that's so cool. But to miss that and the sacrifices to fight during a week like that, uh, tell us just a little bit more about that and how hard is it for you to focus when you know the family has all this going on, but you have a job to do? It's like you said, I got a job to do, man. I can't let much bother me. The only thing I do is literally right as you logged in, I was hanging up with my wife because I just wanted to see how they were doing. I've called them four times today just to make sure I could see my, the happiness on my son's face. You know, um, yeah, I, I do it for them. It's That's what it's for. The sac I sacrifice these times so I get more time than the average dad gets at, my, at the house with the kids, you know, with the family. You know, I might not be there on 4th of July, but I'm going to be there the, the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. You know, 14, 15, I'm going to be there for a while, you know, a lot more than the average person who, has to, who can't be there with their kids. So I might have to sacrifice a holiday, but they get more days with me. Definitely. And, I mean, you're sacrificing it because you're on the UFC's flagship pay-per-view yeah. of the year, right? Like, this is a 100%. great prime position. The UFC, I ask this people all the time, do you, do you feel like them putting you on this type of card is kind of them stamping you as like, okay, you're a guy we know is always going to bring it. You're going to excite the fans. Is this something where you look and be like, okay, they think really highly of me to put me on a card like this? Of course, you know, like it's an honor. Like I said, not only is it an honor to fight Robbie Lawler, it's an honor to fight on the biggest card of the year, you know, International Fight Week. You know, they're going to have, he's getting inducted this week. We're going to be at the the presser, the press conference. 
you know, that's going to be my first time getting to sit up there at the press conference over there. So I'm excited about that. You know, there's a lot of firsts and a lot of greats that are going to be going on this weekend when me and him get in that cage. That's a fact. How hard is it? Because you mentioned you and Robbie are some of the nicest guys like in the sport. And that is so true. How hard is it to go in there and fight someone that's like really nice? There's no drama fight week. There's no go back there. No one's pushing each other. There's it's just like, no, we're going in there. We're going to compete because that's what we do. But there's no animosity there. Like, do you prefer that where you're just like, hey, we're just two competitors going in? Or is there sometimes where you're like, I, I like the little extra juice if someone's being a, a little mean in the buildup? I, I don't like getting, happen to get like mad. You know, like, I like a, a gentleman's duel. You know, like, we're both going out there and we're both going to give it our all. Like he does every time and like I do every time. He's going to try to take my head off. I'm going to try to take his head off. Y'all are going to all be satisfied on either way it goes, including the UFC. The UFC is going to love it. That's why they put it together, you know, like, and they didn't only just put it together. They put it together on this card. We had other opportunities to get this done earlier, but they were like, no, this has to be on this card. So I was like, and then I tried to get a couple fights sooner, but they were like, no, 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 no. We need you at a hundred. We need you to get in there. We need you and Robbie to put a show on, you know, like I just, I understand when they don't, email me back when I asked to fight certain people, <laughs> you know, like, like I tried fighting Michael Kiesna when his, when Ling hurt his yeah. back, I was like, yo, I'll fill in. I'll fill in for that. Got that denied. I tried fighting in, uh, I was like, I'll fight Ian Gary on that card. Cause he said he wanted to get on that card. And they were, they were like, nope, denied because <laughs> they wanted me to get in here and they wanted me and Robbie to put a show on, you know, like on international fight week. And I, I have no doubt that we're going to go in there and slug it out and probably bleed, you know, <laughs> have some good times while we're in there, smile at each other, laugh at each other, help each other up, you know, like, it's going to be fun. Man. It's going to be a great war. Man, everyone's looking forward to it. And I I know you just said you wanted to jump in there and get into a couple, you know, different matchups in the mm -hmm. meantime. But how good does it feel coming into a fight 100 or it's close to 100 percent as you can, like letting your body rest a little bit coming into this, knowing like, you know what, I feel good. I'm going to be the best version of myself instead of taking maybe a short notice fight or just going in there doing a tougher weight cut on short notice. How, how does it feel knowing that you're going in being the best Nico Price? Great, man. I'm like I said, I'm excited. I'm ready to throw these hands at someone, you know, most likely Robbie is a. You know, and I hope he's ready for me, too, because I feel good. I feel strong. I'm fast. My cardio is high. I'm strong. I'm really strong right now. I've been I've been lifting a lot lately, and I'm I just I've seen him hit people. So I want to hit people like him. Put it that way. <laughs> no, I love that. I love it. And, you know, it's your first fight of the year, but you fought in December. So it's actually just been out like six months. Um, mm -hmm. But. You know, being such a fan favorite, even though your style is very like, oh, you get into fights every time you're in there. Yeah. Like, there's no three round boring decisions. But when you look at it and you look at this fight, how active do you want to be going forward? Because there's some fighters like, man, I want to fight three, four times a year. Other people are like, I'm OK fighting once or twice a year. If you had the perfect game plan from here on out out of your career, how active do you wish to be? Well, the perfect game plan would be going there and submit them right away. You know, but <laughs> but when you get in there, it gets different. You know, you you I don't know. 
I want to fight you. <laughs> like when I get in there, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, grappling's cool. You know, wrestling's fun. Nah, but I won't fight your ass. Let's go. You know, I want to see who the better man is at your sport. If you're the, if you're a striker, I'm coming to bang with you. You know, it's very, it's hard for me to say I'm gonna ever take someone down and try to just submit you. I wanna, I wanna beat you at your own game. Maybe if they put me against a grappler, I'll try to submit them. You know, but like besides that, I'm, they put me with all these strikers, so I've gotten accustomed to. All right, let's go. <laughs> You know, no, like, we we love that about it too. Like it's again, it's never a boring fight, right? Ever when you get into the octagon, and so this weekend you go in there, you handle business against Robbie Lawler. In your mind, do you prep who you're gonna like call out or what you want your next fight to be, or do you kind of just let this happen naturally after a fight and on fight night? I let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I run. What no. God said to do, I go. I go right that way. I don't care. That's great. Um, when you look around the welterweight division, then what matchups just intrigue you? Re- regardless if it's next down the line, like if you when you look around the welterweight division, because people understandably say that division is stacked, top to bottom, right? And then now we have a new welterweight champion. It's kind of wide open, you know, where anyone could be anyone on any given day. When you look around, who's someone you look like and be like, you know what? That that's a fight that would excite me. This would just be a fun fight and a fun matchup. I, I kind of want to throw hands with that guy. Anyone in the top 15, I would love to get in there with. You know, I'm always always getting, trying. I want the top dudes. They put me with the top dudes. After they beat me, most of the ones who beat me are the top dudes. Yeah. Like, you know, Vicente twice, freaking Phil just got the fight, Magni, uh, Neil, who else? I was supposed to fight Bilal years ago. But but New yeah, York, even Pereira <laughs> was a great fight. Like like just fights. Oh, yeah, fight too. He did a back yeah. of my head. <laughs> Close sour about that one still. <laughs> Listen, maybe we run that back. No, it, um, it's let's go. It's <laughs> run all of these exciting matchups to see you in going forward, man. It, it's great. And again, you always put on a show for the fans, and I, I feel this weekend is going to be that same way. If when you go to sleep on Friday night and you're thinking about this fight, how do you see it play out? How do you envision this fight happening and ending on Saturday? I see a lot of hands going at each other, you know, and then I see my hand getting raised and walking away, smiling. So, With a little bit of blood. Yeah, hopefully not. But <laughs> Hopefully just rot me. Okay. <laughs> most likely we don't bleed. <laughs> No, man, I can't I can't wait to watch the fight. Again, it's such a f- fun card. You know, people have been waiting for this for a long time. It is truly a UFC fans card. So the, yeah. the fans who've been here for a long time, they're all going to get their money's worth, whether they're in the building, whether they're watching. And a lot of that is because of this fight right there. Like you said, Robbie's going into the Hall of Fame. There's so much around it, so many emotions. And they picked a great dance partner for him and, and – and you are that perfect person for this weekend. So best of luck. Can't wait to watch the fight. Thank you so much for taking time out on a holiday and on your son's birthday uh, to talk to us, man. I appreciate it. Now you can call them again for the sixth time and see what they're doing and watch the fireworks with them. Call your wife. Uh, thanks so much, Nico. Thank you, man. It. All, All right. glory to God. Yes, you know, sir. Give them life and we got to give it back to him eventually. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate right. you. Later, y'all. Have a good one. Bye.
All right, that was Nico Price joining us, man. It, amazing fight. Make sure you guys all watch UFC 290 going down in Vegas this weekend. Right now, though, for the Corner Podcast, we appreciate you all. Till next time, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.